everybody, this is Brother Paxton coming at you once again, and praise God, it's been a while since we've done a new uh, program. We've been airing a lot of reruns on radio, and we haven't updated the podcast all that frequently, but we believe that now is God's release time. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, I got to tell you, over the last year and a half now, a little longer than that, uh, we've faced an awful lot of uncertainty, all of us, everybody, everywhere. We have faced... uh, uncertain uncertainty and feelings of hopelessness, not knowing what was going to happen next, whatever the case might be. But God has turned over a bucket of honey in my soul. Hallelujah. And he gave me just a complete overhaul. It's still in process. I'm going to be honest with you. The other night, Brother Perry Stone preached a message that summarized the very title of it, I haven't had a chance to watch the entire message yet, but the title alone is exactly, exactly what God has been dealing with my heart about. And the title of the message was, uh, Do Your First Works Over Again. And so to give you just a little bit of perspective of where we're going to be with the ministry in the coming days, weeks, months, and years, should Jesus tarry, is we are going to revisit some of those early works. It's going to be very exciting. I'm not going to share anything about it here on the program today, but in programs coming in the near future, I will be sharing more and more and more about it. This year, 2021, I celebrate my 40 years in public ministry. Praise be to God. Angie has been with me for 28 of those years. And I mean, she has been with me consecutively, consistently. She is all in and she deserves a big thank you for making so many things happen in this ministry. I, you know, I don't know where I would be without Angie. And so uh, I love her with all of my heart. She was the partner I was meant to have and we praise God for it. Now, just a couple of other brief things I want to talk about before we get into the message today. And we're just going to touch the high points of Colossians 3, the first 17 verses. We just went out uh, recently. It was our longest time out at one time uh, since the pandemic hit. It was one week in South Dakota, one week in North Dakota, and a day in Wyoming and a day in Montana. And uh, we were taping devotions. We were doing meetings, Cowboy Church, all kinds of different things that kind of new to us. The Lord's opening new doors, and I'm determined to walk through them. Uh, But it was just a wonderful time. I came home totally wiped out and exhausted. Uh, In the early part of March through almost to the end of March, Angie and I had COVID. And the one thing that has never left me, there's there's really three things uh, that we still struggle with. Number one, I can't taste as much. Number two, I can't smell as much. And number three, I get tremendously tired. I have been introduced by the Holy Spirit, I believe, to power naps 
But I did not take power naps on this particular ministry outing. But we did end earlier in the evening than we usually do. And uh, I think all in all, God is putting things back together in our bodies. He's, he's healing us. And he's giving us a renewed hope every single day. And that's very important uh, to live our lives. So some of the new things that are coming, we're, in just a very few days, we're going to begin uh, a teaching series here on the Old Time Power, ultimately, of course, making its way to radio. We're going to be teaching about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know, there's so much misconception there are, there are people right now <clears throat> that because they trusted in the words of men, I'm going to be careful how I say this at this point. I don't want to go too far into it. They question now if the gifts of the Spirit are even still for the body of Christ today. I can assure you. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are for us today. And I'm talking about the gifts you'll read there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Gift of the word of wisdom, gift of the word of knowledge, gift of discerning of spirits, gift of faith, gifts of healings, gift of working of miracles. All of those gifts, gifts of diverse tongues, gifts of interpretation of tongues, there are nine of them and they're all for us today. And so I want to take a look at those gifts in upcoming programming, not today. And I want us to clearly see a picture of what the Bible says they are. Not so much how man would necessarily define them. And I'll tell you at the beginning, I'll tell you this part today. I'm coming at this from an old line Pentecostal perspective, because that's what I am, and that's what I believe. I believe that, that, that Pentecostalism is absolutely 100% the New Testament church. Now, I'm not gonna fall out with you if you something else, okay? I, I Listen, I work with a lot of great people. I work with Baptist people, I work with Methodist people. I, I love everybody. Okay, so if you're not what I am, no problem. But when I'm teaching to these people, I'm going to teach from my perspective, as God, I believe, has given me. And we're going to look at the gifts of the Spirit. Now, one of the most common passages of Scripture, which I'm not talking about this today, so just bear with me for a moment. You know, they say, they use the verse of scripture that says, when that which is perfect has come, then tongues will cease and all these things will cease. And they say that's the Bible, but that's obviously not right. Yes, the Bible has come and yes, the Bible is perfect, but it has not produced a perfect world. So we still need the gifts of the Holy Ghost. It's talking about when the Lord comes, when the Lord comes back. When he returns, he returns first in the rapture to take his people. He returns again at the second coming to set up his kingdom upon the earth. Then we won't need these things as they are described for us in our earthly walk. 
But no, not one verse of Scripture can you find that tells you that any of the gifts have been done away with. Find it. Find me a New Testament verse that says the gifts have been done away with, but don't use that one I just clarified for you. You can't find one because it ain't there. So in, in just a few days, we're going to begin that series. It's probably going to run three, four, five messages on the gifts of the Spirit. Now, there's other topics that the Lord has laid on my heart uh, going into the rest of 2021, and we will discuss those later. Uh, let me mention again, we had a great time in the Black Hills of South Dakota and in Medora, North Dakota. We were also in Weibo, Montana, in Glendive, Montana. We were in Newcastle, Wyoming, and we just love preaching us some cowboy church. Amen. <laughs> God is so good. And in this 40th year of ministry, I just can't believe it. I look back over my life and I think 40 years have come and gone already. Thank God I'm still preaching. Thank God I didn't fall by the wayside. Thank God I didn't do like so many have done and questioned the very tenets of the faith and tried to change them to suit this culture. I'll be honest with you. At the end of the day, the cultures of the world are damned to hell. At the end of the day, the institutions of the world are damned to hell. It's souls that the Lord Jesus Christ is after. And so out of those cultures, out of those institutions, we will bring people. People will be saved. And people will be set free if we will preach the truth. So don't dare water down this book to be popular or to not be persecuted. Don't bend on these biblical issues. Now, preach it in love. Present yourself appropriately, but stick with the book. Thank God. You know, I, over these last 40 years, I could have been dead any number of times, but God has preserved me. And I was thinking about it the other day. If God has preserved me for such a time as this, then there has to be a reason. I believe it's time for every one of you that are out there listening at me now that are like my age. You know, you've been around a while. You've been in Pentecost a while. You, you know, begin to speak life into the young people in this generation. Win them to the Lord and then begin to speak life into them and begin to appropriately teach them the word of God. Do you know that a spirit of ignorance has been loosed upon planet Earth to get people dumbed down so they will accept the beast and accept the beast system. The spirit of Antichrist is already here. He has not been revealed as a man, but the spirit of Antichrist is already here, wreaking havoc, trying to wear down the saints of the Most High God, trying to wear us down and make us feel hopeless and make us tired and get us discouraged. But I've got news for you. Because of the blood of Jesus, Nehemiah 8 and 10 says, the joy of the Lord is your 
strength. We've, we've got to get our joy back. And there's nothing that brings joy back anymore to the heart of a child of God is to those who will go out there and tell somebody about Jesus. Win somebody to Christ. And also, it brings joy when we stand firmly in the face of a vacillating culture all around us, but we will stand like Daniel on the words of this Bible that I hold in my hand right now. We will stand firmly. My heart swells with joy because they can only kill my body and they can only kill it once. And instantly I would be in the presence of Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't know where all that came from. It has nothing to do with my message today at all. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you over the past two years, God has begun to rework my heart and told me, as well as Brother Perry, who preached it the other day, Go back and do your first works again. Do you remember how excited you were when you first got saved? Do you remember what, how you told everybody? I mean, man, you told the barber. You told the loan officer down at the bank. You told your family. You told your friends how excited you were. Go back and I think we need some Christian literature just blanketing this country once again. I mean, man, on it, in every hotel in every barbershop, in every place where people will gather, there it is. That's the kind of stuff we used to do. Long before I ever stood in front of a crowd of four or 500 people and started preaching to them, I was doing that kind of thing, giving Bibles to people. Go out and find out if your neighbor got a Bible. And if they don't, there's no excuse for that in this great United States of America. There's no excuse for it. Give them a copy of the Word of God. And by the way, take your copy off your bookshelf so it won't keep gathering dust. Dust that sucker off and read you some scripture every single day before the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, let me get to my text here today. Wow, I don't even know where that came from. Well, I do too. I do too. James sitting in there at the counter. So you do too? I said, yeah, I do. I know where came from the Holy Ghost. All right. Let's go again right here. In the book of Colossians chapter 3, we're going to begin to work with verse number 1. I'm going to read 17 verses today. I'm not sure we're going to comment on all 17 of those, but we are going to read it anyway. Because there's a specific point here, I think, that God wants to bring out, that he, that he brought out to me as I was seeking, you know, how do we minister effectively in the culture and the time that we're living in today? If ye then be risen with Christ. Now that goes back to Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 5, something like that, where it says, in the mind of God, when Jesus died on the cross and I put my faith in him, I died there with him. When Jesus was buried in that tomb, all of my sins, now this is upon faith in Christ and him crucified, all of my sins were buried in that tomb as well. And when he rose from the dead, I rose with him into a newness of life. I have a new power source for living now. 
and I can have victory over the powers of the enemy. And also it says here, you've been risen with Christ. So seek the things which are above. Don't keep seeking earthly things. Seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. So because our lives are in Christ, he's seated in heaven. We, we have to set our minds on and let our attitudes be determined by things above. We view and we evaluate everything from an eternal and heavenly pers perspective. I'll say it right in a moment. Our goals and our pursuits must center in Christ Jesus. And that's basically all of what verses one through four is about. And that includes resisting sin. Just because the world calls a thing right doesn't mean it's right. And I'll go one better with you. Just because a weak, emaciated, watered-down church calls something right doesn't mean it's right. Now, I'm going to leave that alone for this week because I don't want to push my time. But what it basically means is be careful where you go, Christian. Be careful what you do, Christian. Be careful what you engage in that is of this world. Because you might think that it's harmless but Satan is so sinister that he can use some of these things, even entertainment. Be careful. Be picky as to what you allow yourself to enter into because Satan is so subtle, he can sneak through the back door that you leave open for him by not being separated unto God. Now, we don't, we're not isolated I'm not telling you to be isolated. I'm telling you to be separated unto God. In other words, sanctified. And there's a big difference between isolation and separation. Our whole being should be clothed with Christ's life and character. And the only way that that can happen is by the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. So therefore, scriptures like grieve not the Holy Spirit become tremendously important because we need him. If we're going to look like Jesus, and talk like Jesus, and act like Jesus, we're going to need the Holy Spirit to make us that way because we can't do it by memorizing Bible facts. We can't do it because of how many verses we know. We can't do it for any other reason, but we've got to have the Holy Ghost. You can't get to Christ's likeness because you work for the first Zama Zama church at the end of the street. You have to have the power of the Holy Ghost living in your heart and life. And so therefore, we don't want to grieve him and do things that are displeasing to him. Hallelujah. It, it is pandemic today, and I could, I could mention, I'm just going to go on ahead and mention a couple things. It, it is pandemic today, the amount of Christians that's drinking alcohol. It's pathetic. Separation unto God. Especially if you're a preacher, because bishops are not to be given to wine. But even if you're just a an everyday believer that's 
trying to do right and trying to learn about Jesus and going to church and loving God. Cut the booze out. It's just one example of things that Christians are doing. And they, they, don't, they think it's fine. They don't think anything of it. Now, I'd rather have you in church drinking a can of beer than I would for you to leave church because then you're going to start drinking more cans of beer. All right? So don't go out all nuts on me. I'm just telling you what I believe the Bible says. We are to come out from among this world and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And God said, I will receive you unto myself. And the implication is that if we don't come out from among the world and be separate, he will not receive us unto himself. We have preached a easy believism, greasy grace gospel that people think it doesn't matter what they do. As long as they say they believe in Jesus, but Jesus tells us in the word of God that Satan believes and trembles. The demons believe and tremble. No, sir, we've got to, he's got to be the Lord of our life. And I'm not talking lordship salvation. I'm talking about following Christ into sanctification. He's got to be the Lord of our life. It's our responsibility to obey the book and not grieve the Holy Spirit. Because if we're going to look like Jesus, talk like Jesus, act like Jesus, we're going to need the Holy Spirit to do it because we can't do it in our own strength. Praise the Lord. All right. Spiritual graces, power, experiences, and blessings are all with Christ in heaven. He bestows these things on all who sincerely and diligently pursue him with all of their heart. You can look at Luke 11, 1 through 13, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 11, Ephesians 1, 3, Ephesians 4, 7 through 8. We need to set our affections on things above and not on things of the earth. For you are dead and your life, your real life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. And so in addition to right doctrine and holy lives, That's an essential part of our redemption, but so is fellowship with and love for Christ as a person that must always be kept central in our lives. We must put the cross at the center and we must love God and love Jesus and fellowship with Jesus every bit as much as we have proper doctrine and holy living. Because if you get unbalanced in these areas, if, if your emphasis is right doctrine and holy living, but you don't have a fellowship with Christ and you're not going to be able to walk in love, then you've become a Pharisee and a Sadducee. 
That's the problem I have with some of these. This is call them watchdog ministries, correctors of the body of Christ. I have a problem with some of them because if that's all you feed on, if that's all you listen to, if that's all you study, you're going to lose the joy of the Lord. And Nehemiah 8 and 10 tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And we're going to need that strength. We're going to need that joy in these last days that we're living in. So while there are times when it's appropriate to take a stand on certain doctrinal issues, first of all, if it touches the essentials of the faith, and we need to address it. A lot of times if it touches something that's non-essential, I don't mess with it. I don't want to be a criticizer. I don't want to be, I don't want my, to lose my joy over what somebody else is preaching. Listen, I'm going to preach what God gives me to preach. And basically, as long as it doesn't touch the essentials, or as long as they don't try to come against what God gives me to preach, because I consider myself to be pretty sound in doctrine, but uh, they can do what they want. I mean, it's just that simple. And I'm not going to get off any further into that today. I'm not going to try to clarify. I'm not going to try to explain myself. Put your crayons away. I don't need any nasty letters. Don't send me emails because I don't read them. All right? I have people that look at them, and if it's something I really need to know, they'll bring it to me. Otherwise, I don't read it because I don't, I don't care. I turned 58 years ago, not that, uh, 58 years old, not that long ago, and I really don't care what other people think about what God gives me to preach. And so, again, as long as you're not touching the essentials of the faith, you stay out of my business, I'll stay out of yours. All right, it's just that simple. <clears throat> All right, settle down, boy. Here we go. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, we shall appear with him in glory. The emphasis is on the believer's personal communion with Christ. In the entire book of Colossians, that is the emphasis. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. Now, in the which, in other words, in those things, you also walk sometime when you lived in them. So that should temper our response with mercy because you were given mercy I was given mercy, so my response to others who are living that type of way should be tempered with mercy while never, ever compromising the Word of God. Even at the cost of, of, of my life, I dare not compromise the Word of God. Okay? But now you also, verse 8, Put off, put off all these. You ready? 
This is going to be a hard pill for all of us to swallow at times, especially in our world today. Here we go. Put off anger, wrath, malice, malice, blasphemy, and filthy communication out of your mouth. Don't lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. And I want to stop there and dig in there just for a minute. All right. I know you're aware of the verse of scripture in the book of Hebrews that says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is even more that that the closer you see the day approaching that's the day of the return of christ don't stop going to church even now right now don't stop going to church don't stop going don't be so lazy that you have to get up Sunday morning, whenever you please, whenever you roll out of bed and you sit in your pajamas and drink your cup of coffee and watch church on TV. That ain't church, honey. Thank God for TV ministries because you can learn a lot. Thank God for your church live streaming their services because sometimes you might be sick or you might be out of town and you want to listen to the word of God from your pastor that you love. Hallelujah. But every Christian needs a pastor. Every pastor needs a pastor. So please, America, American Christian, today, July the 30th, 2021, get up from your place of slumber and laziness and get yourself back to church. I've had people that tell me, well, you know, I just need, I'm just so thirsty for knowledge of the Bible. And I just want to know everything about every verse in the Bible. First of all, you're never going to get there. Secondly, if you become disobedient to God, you can do that in a number of ways. Not going to the house of God is one of them. Not, not tithing and giving offerings is another one of them. There are many ways you can disobey God from the scripture if you're not walking in love. Hallelujah. Different, different ways that you can do it. But... God will withdraw his Holy Spirit from your learning efforts and all you will have, you won't have spiritual knowledge. You will have Bible facts, a head full of dry information that you're not practicing with the other members of the body. So you might think you know it all and you might think you know a lot, but I assure you, you do not if you're living in open disobedience to the Bible. To the word of the Lord and you don't know what you think you know and that is really really sad in the days that we're living in there is neither Greek nor Jew circumcision or uncircumcision barbarian Scythian bond or free but Christ is all and in all Wow so in other words no matter who we are Christ is the way to God Christ is the only way to heaven. Somebody said the other day, 
Well, all roads lead to God. I said, mister, you're exactly right. All roads, one day you will stand before God, but only one road leads to heaven, and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah forever. Jesus is all in all. And whether you are a Jew or a Scythian or a barbarian, the Bible says, you need Jesus. Amen? You need Jesus. You need Jesus. He's the only way. Hallelujah. Let's read verse 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels, that's the, from the innermost part of you, show mercy. Did you hear that? When we, when we go out and we take a stand on the political issues of the day, when we take a stand against the sins that are damning our society to hell today, when we deal with those people from the depth of our being, show mercy. Because God gave you mercy. I don't know what you were involved in. I know what I was involved in. I tried to take every kind of drug there was at one time in my life, 41 years ago. I tried to drink all the beer, enough beer to float a battleship. I mean, come on, man. I've been down a few roads and I've done wrong and I've sinned and I've messed up and God through Jesus Christ showed me mercy. So when I deal with the people that we would say today are sinners and they are, they need Jesus, I am to do everything within my power from the depth of my being to show them the mercy of God. Okay, come on now. Kindness is the next thing. Humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. And this even comes into the church, right? Do you know how sad it is to the Holy Spirit? Do you understand how it grieves the Holy Spirit when Christians don't show mercy and kindness and meekness and long-suffering to one another? How many Christians do I know today that have a grudge against each other, and the grudge has been going on for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and they just won't forgive. You're going to be delivered to the tormentors if you don't let it go. That's what the Word of God says. There are, there are believers right now that are absolutely tormented in their minds by evil demon spirits because they refuse to forgive Someone who has wronged them. You think of that. Shikalabaha. Forbearing one another, verse 13, and forgiving one another. If any man, or we could say if anyone, have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on love. In the King James, it uses the word charity, which is the giving aspect of love. I'm, I'm, I'm giving up my right to be offended. I'm giving up my right to walk in anger and bitterness and unforgiveness. I'm giving up my right 
It's an act of love. It's, 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 it's a giving. You can give all the money in the world you want to, but if you won't give your life, what good is your offering? Man. Put on love, which is the bond of perfectness. And that word in the King James means maturity. It means you're growing in maturity. Every, every time you turn loose of an offense, you're growing in maturity. Every time you forgive someone who's done you wrong, and I mean, man, they really did it. They hurt you and they hurt you bad. But every time you turn loose of that in forgiveness, you're growing in maturity. You're growing into the fullness of Christ in the spirit, praise God. Now I ask you as a Christian, how do you want to live? Let me get a drink of water here. How do you want to live anyway? Do you want to live morose and depressed and oppressed and obsessed? Or do you want to live in the power of the Holy Spirit, in victory, receiving answers to prayer, your prayers not being hindered because you're walking properly with your spouse, you're attending the house of God and the favor and the blessings pour down, the Bible says it. How do you want to live as a Christian? You do what you want to do. Do what you want to do. It does. You know, I'm not going to fall out with you. I'll tell you how I'm going to live. I want every single thing God has for me in this life. And I want to stand before him in the next. And I want to, I want to hear him say, well done, you good and faithful servant. I don't want to stand before him ashamed, even though the sin that I have committed in my past sometimes comes back and tries to make me ashamed in this life. But the Bible says when we stand before Jesus, we will receive reward for what we've done that has pleased the Lord. And all the rest of it, he said, I will wipe all tears out of your eyes. I personally believe that after we are talked to by the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ and he explains these things to us, and he shows us where we messed up, shows us the things we've done wrong. First of all, I believe that's private. I don't believe everybody's going to know. And secondly, I believe he wipes the tears. That's why we cry. Come on, somebody. That's why we start crying, because of the way we've messed up. But then what does he do? He wipes the tears from our eyes. He wipes those tears from our eyes. Never to cry again, never, no more sorrow, no pain. I'm telling you, it is not worth living for the devil. The best choice you would ever make today would be a choice for Christ. He offers you eternal life. Let's finish this up. I'm running out of time. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm way behind. Verse 15, all that we've just talked about, put on love, put on peace, put, put on bowels of mercies from the innermost being of yourself, be a merciful person, all of these things. Forgive others 
All of this gets us to verse 15. If you will live this way, if you will learn to forgive and walk in love, if you'll learn to be a giver, and I don't just mean money, I mean give of your give of your love, give of your time, give of your the things that you know about, give to people, have a giving spirit about you, right? We get to verse 15. Are you ready for this? It's so important in 2021. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body. He's talking to Christians here. And be you thankful. Be thankful. It is so easy. Lord, how many times have I done this? Forgive me, Jesus. It is so easy to pray for something, to get it from the Lord, and then to begin to complain about it. it happens more than you think. There was, there was a day when my wife and I, we were really, well, let's just put it this way. We were so far below the poverty line that we thought we were going to drown. And I understand that sometimes that happens. It happens probably to everybody. And God taught us a few things about giving and receiving and sowing and reaping and these type of things. I'm not go I don't go nuts on that. I'm not going to tell you that you can just have anything you want if you just do A, B, C, and D because there are no formulas in the Word of God. It is all based on the will of God and the sovereignty of God. But yet you do have power and authority in the name of Jesus Christ. But I remember I prayed for a certain thing and I got it. And I thought, well, praise God, hallelujah. And I was that way for about a week. And then I started complaining about it. I, I got to do what? I got to do this. I got to do that. Don't complain about your blessings. Be Ye thankful, and the peace of God will rule in your hearts. All right, let's close this up for today. We've had a good time in the Word today. Hallelujah. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Now, remember what I said, that wisdom has to come from the Holy Spirit. It's not just you memorizing verses or filling your head with a bunch of Bible facts. You need the Holy Spirit to apply the Word to your heart and that's when it becomes wisdom to you. Christ is our wisdom, the scripture says. Okay? And then it says, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. The word of Christ, the Bible, must be continually read, studied, meditated on, and prayed over until it richly dwells in us. And there are certain verses of Scripture that you cannot practice in your life by yourself. You need the church. Can I get an amen? When this occurs, our thoughts, our words, our deeds, our motivations will be influenced and controlled by Christ. Hallelujah. Controlled by Christ. And that's what we're after. 
The singing of psalms and hymns and spiritual songs is helpful for internalizing the word and establishing our heart's affection for Jesus and other believers in the body of Christ. And finally, our last verse for today, verse 17. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. The Bible presents to us general principles that sometimes permit spirit-led believers to determine the rightness or the wrongness of actions that are not expressly mentioned in the Word of God. So in everything we say, do, think, or enjoy, we have to ask the following questions. Can what I am doing be done to God's glory? 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Can what I am doing be done in the name of the Lord Jesus, asking his blessing on the activity? Number three, can it be done while sincerely giving thanks to God? Number four, is it a Christ-like action that I'm thinking about taking here? Number five, will it weaken the sincere convictions of other Christians? That's the biggest problem I have right there with Christians drinking alcohol. I don't think you should do it because I personally believe you're putting a stumbling block in your brother's path. And I don't have time to debate that subject, but we've got tons of statistics of the car wrecks and the broken homes and the suicides etc., ad infinitum, that alcohol has caused. So I'm not going to put my vote of approval on it as a child of God. And number six, will the action I am wanting to take, will it weaken my desire for intimate fellowship with Christ, with God's word, and with prayer? And finally, number seven, will it weaken or hinder my witness for Christ. So as I come to the end of our radio program for today, I just want to encourage you, because I'm preaching mostly to believers here, but if you're listening at me right now and you're not saved, you're not a Christian. You've never asked Jesus to come into your heart and life. If you will do that right now, if you will ask him to forgive you of your sins, come on now. We've all sinned and we all know it. The Bible guarantees that he will come in your heart and he will forgive you of those sins. If you're sincere and you ask him to be the Savior and the Lord of your life from this point forward. And if you'll do that, the Lord will begin to show you these wonderful mysteries of the kingdom of God in a way that you've never heard them before. Secondly, if you're a Christian, and you've been walking in bitterness and unforgiveness and unbelief and you don't have any joy and you're miserable. And if you're disobeying the word of God, which is probably why all the others happen, you just come to Jesus. Just like you did when you first got saved, just come to Jesus, man. Come to the foot of the cross and say, Lord, forgive me of these things. I'm sorry that I didn't please you. I'm sorry that I did things that were evil. And the Lord will forgive you. Isn't that the beautiful thing about it all? 
the Lord is not going to leave you out there floundering on life's stormy sea. He is your life jacket. Come on. He's going to rescue you. Put your faith, your trust, your confidence in him and be obedient to him. And he will cause you to soar again. I know it's 2021. I know we've been through a pandemic. I know it's still around out there. I know there's stress and worry on every hand. But God just spoke to my heart right now and said, I'm going to cause you to soar again on wings of eagles. Hallelujah. If you will just don't get weary, don't get faint. Keep your eyes right on the Lord. Turn from sin. Cry out for righteousness. God's a miracle working God. And he's going to take care of you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And he loves you. And that's how I want to end this message today. Once again, let me mention, coming up in just a very few days, we're going to be studying here together the gifts of the Spirit. And I believe that God is going to open up our eyes to some things that maybe we haven't seen before. And he's going to instruct us in his word. Now, I can't give you an exact start date for that, but it will be very, very soon. We're going to take a look at, uh, you know, what happened with the prophets anyway. And I'm just going to give you some ideas. I'm not going to, like I told you, I'm Pentecostal. I don't believe any of it's been done away with. I don't believe that any of it has ended. But I believe there are a lot of people who have called themselves this, that, or the other that don't really understand what they're talking about. So I want to look at what the Scripture says about gifts of the Spirit. And everything that the Scripture says is still available to all of us today. Okay? And there's not just gifts of the Spirit either. There are ministry gifts and then there are uh, motivational gifts mentioned in the Word of God. Now, a motivational gift is a gift that every Christian has, at least one. A uh, gift of the Spirit is available to everyone as the Spirit chooses. The ministry gifts is not necessarily open to everyone, but there are a lot of helps ministries that goes along with that, that everyone can participate in. So we're going to have a great time anyway. This is Brother Paxton, and I am wishing you a very, very, very happy Friday, July the 30th, 2021. Go with God, and he will go with you. Bless you.